Good morning, everyone. It is, can you believe it? It's Thursday already. It is trending Thursday. Can't believe, gosh, I don't know. Time just seems to like, shh, just keeps going faster. But anywho, this is Carol Sue, AKA Nani Boss. I actually had someone actually message me on how to pronounce that. And did the Nani come from, you know, being a grandmother? And I said, absolutely. So it's Nani, even though it's spelled N-O-N-N-I-E, Nani Boss, I pronounce it with an A-U but I spell it with an O-N. So yes, live from Vero Beach with two sisters. And good morning, everyone. My name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva. And again, I'm a little punchy this morning. I've been up since 3.15. God bless you. But trending Thursday, so much to chat about. And I just want to let everybody know that, yes, I am still having um, issues with my hairdo, but did receive a nice compliment from Carol Sue. Oh, looks like you had your hair done. So thank you very much. Um, Absolutely. It does. I mean, you know, it, it's so funny that it amazes me how you and others can just kind of whip it up on your head and it looks like you've been, you know. You've been to the hairdressers. You, I actually said she looked royal today. She looks royal. very royal looking. And just give me two seconds because I'm sharing this on the page because I know we're, we're talking about a very trendy subject today. And I've had so many people, they want to make sure I shared it in both spots in case they couldn't find it. So let me do that. I'm going to just be sharing our podcast right now. Let me get that out of the way. But yeah, we have so much, so much to cover today. And, you know, we always try to pick topics that correlate with health and wellness. Oh, I think every topic so far, you know, sometimes we get, a little, get, we get a little sidetracked here and there, but everything in life that we do is correlated and can be correlated with health and wellness, whether it could be something that's increasing your endorphins, whether it's something that's adding stress to your life, right? Anxiety, all those things take a, a toll and or pleasure in the sense of how they affect our systems. Don't you agree, Jan? Oh, absolutely. And as my brain just would not turn off this morning, um, three letters came to me. And just before <laughs> I got on Zoom, I figured out what it meant. And it kind of ties into what we're talking about today. The letters were U as in unicorn, Y as in yellow, M as in Mary. Oh, U-M, I'm writing that down. U-M-Y. Almost sounds like a song. U-Y-M. Um, U. 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 Yeah. M. Y-M. Oh, U-Y-M. Okay. Oh, well, you, oh, yeah, see, you're, you're, you're injuring yourself. She's stretching where she should <laughs> be stretching. U-Y-M. Almost sounds like a song. U-Y-M something. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. UYM. I finally figured out what that meant. Upgrade your mindset. Love it. So let's get everyone on that's in our audience. I want everyone to be trending that. Hashtag UYM. I love that. Up your mindset, right? Up your mindset. Upgrade. Upgrade your mindset. Ooh, I even like it better. Upgrade. So the up, upgrade. And you know what that kind of, when I hear that, it reminds me of investing in yourself, right? Investing in your mindset, do what, you know, the, the old fashioned saying, and this is like from, I don't even know when it was from, you know, 
Milk does the body good. Well, your mindset does the body good. So upgrade your mindset. That is going to be the new two sisters hashtag. And I love that. I love that because no one is in charge of our health. No one is in charge of what we read, what we watch, what we partake in and who we lock arms with. That is all on us. And if you are not surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded, and when I say like-minded, doesn't mean you think exactly alike either. It means that someone that may challenge you for the good or get you thinking of an opinion, an opposition, a viewpoint that you might not have taken on had that person not introduced you to it. So when I say up your great, upgrade your mindset, you know, be open to other people, but always, always make sure you're locking arms with people that don't think alike, but want the same things, you know, as far as healthy and, and positive vibes and all that good stuff. So right. with that, I absolutely love that, Jan. Thank you. And a word about the teachers. I just want to say, you know, I hold them in <laughs> utmost highest regard. Like they are the educator first responders, in my opinion. Absolutely. And you know, that, that, and, and I, I love that you said it that way because they are important. If we are opening up liquor stores, you know, as an essential worker, I wonder why the mindset isn't that the teacher is also the essential worker. But of course, there's intricate things. And that's what we're going to be talking about today because that is what's trending. There are so many people, so many parents across the United States, and I'm only specifically talking about the United States. I'm not talking about the world because there are some, oh, hello, the lawn man mowing the lawn. And he was up in close and personal. It was pretty close. Anywho, I'm specifically talking about the United States. I'm not going to be talking about the world as a whole because we know that you know European systems and whatnot, they're, some of them are already back at school and whatnot, so I'm, I'm not going to really necessarily chat about that. But what I am going to chat about is I've actually have seen it. I've probably been seeing a lot of young moms and dads, middle age, you know, whatever, parents that have obviously been chiming in on, you know, the pivot in their life that they are currently right in right now. And that is a big decision. So when we talk about school decisions, remember the days where a, we didn't have backpacks like they do today. I mean, I remember we, you know, as children, we, I went to, I think, I don't know about you, but I went to, I don't remember how far you went, but I went to parochial school till I was in fifth grade. I think you were younger and only went a few years. And then, you know, our parents saw the value also of going to public schools. So, we, you know, we integrated into public schools later on, but I can remember carrying books, like my arms full. We didn't have backpacks back then. And I remember covering our books with paper bags. Of course, and, you know, and the big thing was to pick out color, you know, pencil box you were gonna have or pen box. That was like the cool thing. Now the decisions, I mean, there's so much more. There's theme backpacks, there's theme lunch bags, lunch boxes and or lunch bags, depending on, you know, how economy friendly you wanna be. You know, back then we had paper bags. So everything was the brown old-fashioned paper bag and the, you, know, you would take the paper bag from the grocery store and we had a family night where we would actually, you know, trace out the book, we'd fold it to where it had to be, cut it out, you know, good old-fashioned scotch tape, 
and we did it as a family. We knew, you know, what books we had. I can remember taking, we would decorate the front. This is before, you know, they even had fancy book covers. And those were the simple things of life. You know, parents didn't have to, they didn't have the choices and or the decision making that parents of today need to do. So typically, you know, it's, you know, what theme backpack they're going to get. And, you know, they're going to get a lunch box. Are they going to get, you know, a lot of people are doing the lunch bags now. And, you know, are they wearing still kind of, you know, depending on the climate, are they wearing summertime clothes that are cooler than school clothes, but, you know, they want to make sure that they're all in with the cool kids, getting the cool sneakers and the cool outfits and whatnot. And they had all these decisions. You, you were so excited. You ran to the school, you know, drove to the school to see who your teacher was. And then you would see the students listed and you would say, oh my God, you know, this kid's in my class. Yay, who? Well, those days are long gone. Right. Do you, do you even remember like some of the names of your teachers? Like I remember the name of my third grade teacher, Mrs. Larrabee and my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Grover. I do, and I had two teachers that imprinted on me, like literally imprinted on me. Sister Elizabeth, who was a badass nun and freaking scared the crap out of me, but she was a pioneer woman because she kind of, you know, thinking outside the box. And there was one time we were, we were in religious class, and I think I talked about this at one point, and we just came from ch chatting about science, and so that we went right into religion. And they were obviously we were talking about you know you go from Adam and Eve to you know the apes. And I said, well, how do the ape, if Adam and Eve were the first people on Earth, how do the ape men come fit in? And the uh, sister Alexa was the I believe she was teaching in another room, and you know sometimes they would kind of tag team teach. And she knew she's oh that Carol Sue Cassell is starting trouble, and. The, the other nun that got very angry with me, like, because that was, you know, for her, it was like blasphemy. Like, you, you can't ask that question. And it was Sister Alexis, who was a, she was a badass, but she came to my rescue and saved me from going to the principal's office for detention because I asked that question. And I also remember um, in my fifth grade, when that's the year that we trans, you know, transferred from parochial school to public school in Mr. Austin. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely adored him. And there's a whole, whole bunch of teachers that I do remember, but it is cool that you think back and reflect how they imprinted your lives or impacted your lives. And, you know, I hope for today's children that they really, um, they get a piece of that or it gets back to that. So, you know, the dilemma that these parents are facing is, do I send my kid to school? Never mind. You know, September, August is here. We're sending the school. We've, we've got our backpack. We, you know, the, the kids picked out their school clothes. We had a little argument going on, yada, 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 but we're all good. Now, are they sending their children to school? Did we ever think in a time in our lives that we would even hear that? Like, it, it, yeah. is it I, not, isn't that mind-blowing? It's mind-blowing because it's, it's almost unreal. Yeah. Like, how, how can that be? Like, why is it? I mean, obviously, we know why that is. But, you know, did, <laughs> did we ever think that it would, like, come to this? Like, there, there's just no way to predict and no way to, like, what is the right method? What is the right way to get our kids back in school? <laughs> exactly. Know? Exactly. Or, you know, yeah, starts... In August, typically it was right around 
like the day before or the day after Ryan's birthday. Ryan's birthday is August 17th. So that's coming up in just a couple weeks. Uh, exactly. So I, what I've done is I've been chatting with some, some parents, but I actually also uh, got on a few forums where there was different school committees from different areas, guys, from, from different states. So I want to make sure that I'm very clear on that. The information that I'm going to share with you, and, and obviously Jan and I are going to kind of give our input and, you know, opinions on it, um, is from many different school systems, which encompasses many states. So I want you to know that I did, even though I do not have school-aged children, bless the Lord, because I don't know how I specifically would handle it. But because I do have grandchildren, I, it is an interest of me. And it is an interest for anyone, you know, that values education and the educational experience that our children should absolutely no doubt be a part of. So I was actually on a superintendent school committee meeting, Zoom. I've been on different forums and I've actually chatted with parents from different states. Um, and the one, the one, and I'm going to read it because I, it's, you know, from, from one of my notes, and I want to make sure that I'm reading it correctly because it was the same scenario. Now, some school systems did uh, polls, you know, and they basically uh, uh, zeroed it down to four things or, or an encompass of different things, but kind of giving percentages of, of, of you know, how people are feeling. And it's it basically the polls and not not all school systems or districts did polls but most of them did and the first one was how anxious are you sending you know how are you feeling about sending your child to school and it was interesting um the ratios and it obviously depending on the school size and the districts so all districts are different but the average was around 21 percent was the average for those that are very, very anxious about sending their child to school. Uh, the average for moderate, you know, feeling anxiousness would be 26.7%. Um, the average for that people, of parents that were feeling some sort of anxiousness was about 35%. And um, I believe it's 189 to 20%, somewhere in that range, were not anxious at all. So some school districts did a poll because obviously they want to kind of feel where their district is at. Um, the one, uh, one, actually several districts also asked teachers and some of the school committees were forthright with, with giving those numbers as well. So from a teacher's perspective, uh, the average was 23% were anxious. Now this is from, from a teacher, how a teacher feels. 26% were feeling moderately anxious. 28% some, and 21% less, I feel nothing, you know, in that regard, I'm not anxious, let's get back to school. So that was interesting. But the one common denominator, I just got to get to my, where I have that note, the one common denominator, um, which I thought was interesting, was the time that would be spent, let me get to my notes, I've got my notes everywhere, the time that would be spent on um, the, you know, the method of what they were going to be implementing. Some states, believe it or not, are still in limbo. 
because they're this, this, they're getting different guidelines and or restrictions of what you can do, what you can do, what's going to be state mandated, mandated. So there are some school districts that are waiting for more, believe it or not, more information from their states. And there, there's uh, some states that are obviously already have things in place of what they're doing. I would say most, the trend seems to be most that are giving three options. One is to go to school. One is a uh, kind of, you know, remote learning and school. And the other one is strictly remoting. So one of my reflections that I've taken from everything that I've heard now, meaning from the school committee meetings that I've attended, the online forums, and, um, and, and this is really from the districts. This is not from a parent's perspective. So I want to make sure I'm clear on that. This is the, the vibe, my notes from, uh, of what I take that seems to be most school districts' number one priority. And this is something that a parent has to sit, seriously consider. So I'm gonna just read from my notes, it's just easier that way. Um, the, uh, the gist of the meetings and reflections that I've had over this time period of, of talking to and or interviewing and being part of different meetings. Social emotional well-being for students and staff. School culture relationships will be top priority. So think about that. Social emotional well-being for students and staff, school, cultures and relationships will be a top priority. Academics will be embedded as the school takes on the initial weeks, initial weeks to establish a supportive and positive culture and well-being. Academics will not, I repeat, will not be the primary focus during the initial weeks. Uh, I go, let's see, uh, it, it, and this was repeated several times on re, uh, regardless of you know, learning styles, routines, uh, what they were actually going to focus on with, with the social piece to that means was how to wear a mask, the importance of wearing a mask, how do children go to the bathroom? Some are considering a kind of like a jump rope. So, so there's a plastic piece on either side that measures out six feet. So a child would hold one end then the, then the next student will take the opposite end and that will force them to be spaced out in that six feet, uh, six foot criteria to go to the bathroom, to walk in the halls. Uh, let's see what else uh, to go to. Um, they're going to be going over the routine about washing hands. Uh, very much into, I call it physical distancing. Most people refer to it as social distancing. They're talking uh, about that this is the new norm. They're gonna encourage students to be comfortable with that. They're also talking about in the, in, for the younger age children with recess, actually uh, either taping off or chalking off designated square feet that is measured out for that child to stay in their square or their designated area for play. There would be no, you know, balls going back and forth, that they would only have this area to play in. Um, they're also talking about some districts are talking about actually putting plexiglass up around the actual school desk. Some are referring to plexiglass around the teacher area. 
Um, let me see what else. But the, 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 and that was the same scenario, uh, really across the board that from what the meetings and or the people that I chatted with, that was their first focus, was this new way of culture, this new way of indoctrinating, the re new way to have relationships with people. Do parents want that? Do parents want their child's indoctrin into this new way of school? And my opinion on that, if that's your, that, it has to be part of the, the talking piece. Of course, we all know that. Uh, safety, you know, good hygiene and all of that. All those, yes, have to be talked about, but we're talking about weeks, you know, weeks of this for a child that just wants to go to school, meet his teacher, and of course, age depending, because obviously we're talking K through nine, we're talking about different school systems and we're talking about different age groups. So obviously age appropriate. And when I heard that that was the focus of most forums and or meetings that I listened to, they spent a lot of time on really laying that piece to it. And they didn't talk so much about the remote learning or, you know, what subject. So on, on, that was the first main focus. Academics for me, in my opinion, from the forums that I'm on was almost secondary. So some of the questions that came up on some of the different forums that I was on was, well, you know, what are you going to use for if, you know, a parent decides full remote learning, what would that be? Most talked about um, the G Suite from K through nine. They've talked about, it's called MLS learning. Um, but I also wanted to point out um, other options that I'm not sure that, that parents are aware of. Some parents may be aware, some may not. So I was listening to the news and they're talking about releasing some federal grant money. And this also has to weigh into a parent's perspective where if you are not happy with your school district, what they're implementing, that they want to give parents an option to go back to school, uh, whether they start a charter school or they start like a neighborhood school, and there will be federal grant money um, that will be available. Now, also what has to be considered with that, that would actually mean that you would be kind of, you would not be registering your child in, in school. Like you would now be taking this on. So it's a big undertaking, but I wanted to share, um, and I'm gonna share um, the, the links as well. Um, they're gonna call it some steps for school choice movement is, is kind of what it's called, or not kind of, that's what it's called. Uh, hundreds of families contact the ACU over districts keep keeping schools closed. So there are some districts that are still, because there's still so much up in the air or they're going to delay, that not everyone, you know, parents are saying, no, I, I want my child to go to school. So there are, the federal government is trying to find ways. Um, let me see what this one is. Uh, my school money back. It's a hashtag, my school money back. But there is information. I'm going to try to see if I can dig out a little bit more information that we could put on, you know, our, our uh, two sisters link. But the choices that parents have to make are huge. You know, it's not, it's not even just, you know, the giggles, the shits and giggles of do they wear, do I buy pajamas or do I buy school clothes? It's really, 
what is going to be the best environment for your child. So there are some parents that are weighing out remote learning. I was very surprised to hear some districts because one of the questions that came up was if we decide to do remote learning, is this gonna like, cost us money? And there are a couple school districts in different states that have talked about now tuition. So does that beg the differ? Well, if I'm gonna to have to pay tuition for the public school, why don't I just sign my child up for a private school? Now, private school is also an option, but we all know that private school, some people can't afford private school. So I'm glad to see that the government is trying to find ways for federal grants and whatnot, but they have got some huge decisions. And I do not, I do, and I think the bottom line is parents have to do their due justice, make sure they're chatting with people within their district, contacting their schools. The other thing that I heard, and it was a hypothetical, but again, it's, you know, we're in times now where parents need to think outside the box. What if, and I, I was very shocked and surprised that I did not hear any specific district and or state specifically talking about this. So I'm thinking outside the box, this is totally hypothetical, and then I'm gonna let Jan, you kind of interject from, from what I've told you so thus far. That what happens if a child, and there's a lot of data out there, there was even data last night from, from Dr. Um, Burke, that the studies that show children ages, I don't know, 12 and under, have a very, very small percentage of, of you know, being carriers and or getting the virus. And there's a lot of information on that. But what if a child and or, I'm gonna probably go with a teacher because it's more likely that the teacher would be the carrier and or exposed more so than the child. And that's my personal opinion. You know, what if one of them, you know, unbeknownst, has the virus, has the China virus. So what does the school do then? What is their authority at that point? You know, we find out in the middle of the day, and this is a hypothetical guy, so this is not, you know, just giving out a hypothetical, because again, I believe it's something that people have to consider. You're, you're, you're someone, you know, they find out right, in the, right then and there. Do they lock the schools down? Do they, you know, you know force, you know, giving temperatures and, trying to get you know information from the student or like how do they handle that and is that part of the decision making because do do the parents then lose the right of that child to say no nope, we're in lockdown mode kind of like if there's you know a domestic or terrorist at the school with a gun because we know there's a lot of districts now that are not they're defunding police and the police are not going to be on site so kind of in that same scenario, do they lock that child down? They lock the school system down. What do parents do then? Now they don't know what's going on inside the school. You know, are they swabbing my child? Are they taking my child's temperature without my permission? Like, are they, you know, what are they doing? So I think that's a part in the piece of the puzzle of some of the worry from parents that they're losing their control in the decision-making process and these are decisions and times that we that are unprecedented. We've never dealt with this. So go ahead, interject, go away. Well, I don't know what to say to all that, quite honestly. Um, obviously, not having a child in the school district, 
but <laughs> there are a lot of different scenarios and a lot of different things to consider uh, for parents to consider. You know, if they do decide to keep their children at home, is that going to affect the parent's job in any way, shape, or form? Like, it's not, I mean, it's about sending the kids back in a positive, healthy, of course, manner and for the educators. <laughs> so I, I don't even know what the right answer would be other than that is a big, huge decision to make. And when we think about it, Jim, let, let's think about it. I mean, most schools were forced out of, schools basically closed across the United States, what, March? It was like, you know, mid-March, let's say, because every district, every state was different. So they had, you know, two plus months of school left to go, two, three months left of school to go. They were forced into, you know, remote learning that I think across the board, most districts and states will agree did not go well because obviously they weren't prepared for it. You had people that did not know and still do not know how to use Zoom. You know, they weren't prepared for that learning style. You know, the teachers weren't prepared on like, okay, how do I implement, you know, schoolwork? They did the best they can. So this is not to come down on any school district. So I, I want to make sure that we're very clear on that because a teacher's job is so underrated of what they have to do and God bless them. But now you have decisions that parents, some parents are just, I don't want to say they're not equipped to, to make that decision, but there's so many different variables. Like you said, if you have most, most homes have two income earner families. Some don't, but I think the percentage is higher. So who chooses not to go to work if they decide? And not only that, the school districts that, you know, I, I personally don't think there should be three systems at all because that's not conducive to a working parent. Either they go to school or they have remote learning. I don't know why there's a third choice of kind of like some days on, some days off. Like that is not conducive to anybody's scheduling. Well, right. And then you have educators that are also parents. Correct. So what do they do? So now, you know, and again, it goes back to the age group of their child. You know, if their child's, you know, in preschool, is their child in you know, the lower grades, what is, gonna, what is it gonna be? Or if you have that child, let's say, that is capable of being home alone and the teacher's got it, how do they know that the kid's doing the work? And now, you know, they're home alone with the internet and we know where that leads to. I just, I feel for the, first of all, I feel for the children. Mm -hmm. Because to me, across the board, a lot of school districts are thinking of these weeks on end of this new indoctrination of, I don't even know that's a right word, indoctrinated. I don't even know what the right word is. And how do you say that? I always mess up those words. Indoctrination. Is that a real word? Am I pronouncing that right? Whatever. You know what I mean? So now, you know, you're sending your child for what? Two, two to three weeks to, you know, about how to walk with a rope, you know, six feet away, wearing a mask, because let's be real, children, you know, I'm going to go with sixth grade and under. Can you, 
I could barely wear the, the flipping mask for 15, 20 minutes because I find it the most annoying thing to wear. So, and I'm an adult sometimes. However, <laughs> gotta add a little humor in there, guys. However, you know, that, that child that's gonna be fidgeting, like how many kids pick their nose? Let's just say, how many kids pick their nose? You know they're nose pickers. There's not one kid in the world that I know that's not a nose picker. So now what is he gonna do? He's gonna stick his finger up the mask, pick his nose. You know, like these are th like, you, you, you're laughing at me. At least I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not showing you how to do it, but I'm saying those, what, the, then they're touching their eyes. They're picking their ear. They don't wanna wear the mask. They sneeze in the mask, you know, and that's the other issue. We already know that a school is not a sterile environment. So those that argue the whole mask, do I wear a mask or not? Just wear the mask, do the good for the country. I, I don't believe in that mentality because to me that's a very communist mentality. However, schools are not a sterile environment. They're just not. And a lot of schools have old air filtration systems. So is the school going to be providing like if they're requiring a mask, let's, let's do the math. If they're requiring a mask for six hours, how many masks do they have to wear? And if they, if they are saying, oh, you know, just bring one mask, it'll be a cold day in hell before I would wear a mask for six hours, never mind a child, because they're not in a sterile environment. If you're not in a sterile environment, they always say, don't wear it more than 20 minutes. You know, it should be disposable, get rid of it. Your own breathing is carbon dioxide. So there's going to be germs within there and you're going to have a child wear the same mask for six hours. And I, I did not hear one district actually talk about that piece to it. That is interesting on a whole because there, there's also, a, let's face it, there's a mask debate going on. Um, yeah. But you know, the child, let's say that's Jed's age, uh, you know, what happens when Jed goes to the little boy's room and throws away his mask by mistake? That right. I mean, are they going to like lock him up in quarantine and put him in a bubble and say, you know, are they all going to be, be, become bubble kids? Like enter the bubble. We're going to roll you down yeah, the, that, the hallway till we get you another mask. Right. Um, and, you know, something came up within our own family about... Um, <laughs> one of our grand, uh, our grand nephew going back to school, you know, are, is she going to send him back to school? Is she not? Like, that's a debate for everyone. And, and also with uh, Tina, with Jed, um, Ray Ray doesn't go to school yet, but well, she, she's in preschool. And uh, that, that's, that's the same scenario. You know, what, what yeah. do they have set up? So, uh, you know, I, I feel for so many parents that you know, are in this predicament of not just going out and picking up backpacks. They're in this huge decision-making role. And sadly, there are some school districts that I feel are lacking or lagging in some sort of plan. Now, I do understand, obviously, different states have different states have their own guidelines. And then some states will say, okay, these are the guidelines, but then it's up to the district. So each dis district does something due, different. But at the same time, they didn't just find out about this yesterday. 
Now, granted, we know that with time, the numbers have gone down, which is a good thing. Um, uh, hospital beds, the number of deaths, because you got to remember, I want to say it was the third week in June when, you know, the, the protests and whatnot were on this huge, huge rampage and they had predicted, you know, that they're, you know, going to be a lot of deaths with, you know, people getting together and, and socializing and whatnot. Well, we're way past that 14 day mark and the numbers, the numbers of deaths have gone down significantly. And that's a great thing. The number of recoveries has skyrocketed. That's a great thing. But with that, the number of cases have also gone up because there's more testing going on. We have done more testing than any country in the world, I believe, at this point. So, you know, then you think of, well, okay, does, does the China virus, does it mutate? You know, there's all these different variables and, you know, where is it going? And should, you know, should schools pause? No, they definitely need a plan. You've got to get kids back kids thrive on learning, but it's a matter of a decision for the parents to expose their child to, and, and another option would be, you know, if you decide to do the full-time remote learning, that's not to say that those parents that want to do that can't have their own school trips, you know, field day trips, can't have play the way they feel they're comfortable with play in recess, in gym, in art, because I really wonder how these school districts, all this is going to cost money. So where's the revenue come in for all these new, you know, things that they have to implement, number one. And is the same teacher, when they're doing remote learning, is it the same teacher? So is it remote learning that kids are in the class and then, you, you know, the, the, the physical, the kids that physically went to the school and the teacher and then a computer with the people that are doing remote learning. There's all these different variables. So how does, how, does the how does that make the children feel? Like the children that are home, but of course, I don't think that they're gonna do that. I, I don't think they're gonna have the, I think that would be become a, like a privacy issue. So I don't see that piece happening. But parents, I don't know what, you know, audience, parents, what do you, what do you feel about that? How do you feel? What are, what do you, you know, I'd be curious to see what they're, they're thinking about, what they're leaning towards, what, uh, what are they anxious about, what are they comfortable with. Um, I've actually chatted with so many, and I was very surprised that it's pretty, all the percentages that I came up with, um, I would say the biggest percentage was the ones that are some, somewhat, you know, nervous, but closer to not being nervous. Um, I was actually surprised the ones that are very anxious was really about only a quarter on the average of, you know, whatever numbers were polled. I thought that was interesting. I thought it would, I, I would have thought it would have been higher, much higher, and it's not. Right. Um, I just want to take a look because we do have some people on, and I think I saw some um, comments come in. Awesome. <laughs> it was on earlier, correction officers were always forgotten. You know what? That is that is so true. And can you repeat that? Can you repeat that? I didn't quite hear. Correction it. officers were always forgotten. Yes. And you know what? You're absolutely right. But I can I consider them along with the police. But corrections officers, like they have, uh, God bless them. 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anybody in law enforcement today, God bless them. Uh, Tina mentioned, I'm pretty sure in response to what we were just chatting about, it, <coughs> excuse me, it will be two different teachers, one remote and one in person. Yeah. Th um, and that would, th and that, that would, I think makes sense. That would make sense because you would have, you know, you would have the privacy issue of, you know, children being in a classroom and videotaping them and or, you know, on the Zoom. So that would make sense that you would have the two, two different teachers. So that's good to know. And, right. I, and I, I would have assumed that as well. But it really is just remarkable, you know, on where this has gone. And I think most parents just need to uh, really have that conversation with their child as well because I would hate to see parents not being open. You know, especially if a child has already been implemented in the school system. Oh, by the way, for the next three weeks, you're not really gonna be taught anything except for wearing masks, how to properly walk in the school, the school, you know, bathroom, going to the water fountain, walking in the hallway, going to lunch. You're not gonna be able to sit with your friends. When you're at recess, you're going to be in a square. I would hate to think that any parent wouldn't really explain that piece to it because it is not what the child remembers. Right, exactly. That's huge. That's not the same experience they first, especially if you were in kindergarten or first grade where you've already, you're the newbie, the new kid on the block, mm -hmm. and you are actually, that, that's all you remember you know, and you're still excited about, you know, when am I really going to get started? And I also feel for the kindergartners from last year, because their first year, they didn't go full, a full year, so they didn't even get that full experience. So they still don't kind of know. Or then you have the other children, you know, can you imagine being in sixth grade, like everything you, what do you mean I'm going to spend three weeks learning how to use a mask or, you know, making sure I'm social distancing and washing my hands and all that. They do have to touch upon it, no doubt. That is part of it. But to make it like almost in, you know, this is our new norm, I think that sends out the wrong message. Because what they're basically saying is, once we implement this, we're not going back. Yeah, that's I would have to feel, as a parent, I would have to feel really assured and that was one word that I did not hear from any state. I did not hear one person in that type of decision-making that emphasized the word temporary. Hmm. That, re that really freaked me out. And we had another um, comment, um, <laughs> excuse me, from Tina. And she says, uh, we have the conversation. He doesn't want to go back with all of the rules he would rather learn from home and play socialized without rules and guidelines. Right. And I think that that is something that is a real piece to it because not only that's what they would be going to, they've already had a taste of homeschooling and now they can actually make a child can make an educated decision for themselves with the guidelines, obviously and the guidance of their parents, but they already had a taste of what remote learning was. And I agree to a certain degree, it's not a fair reflection. There was, you know, because, you know, teachers were thrown, kind of thrown into it. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of resources. I know that there's a lot of like paid things that you can do that are actually very cost effective that are not. They're no different than, 
you know, belonging to, you know, sometimes if you're in a play group or, you know, you go to like even Home Depot, they, you know, would do the little craft things for kids that, you know, six bucks, 10 bucks. They have a lot of that type of activities right on remote learning. So to me, you know, if a parent wants to do, you know, decide to do kind of the homeschooling route, how cool would it be that a couple of the parents get together and say, hey, this week I'm going to take on art. This week I'm taking on music. You know, in addition to what your school district is teaching you, if you feel like, hmm, you know, and my other question would be, if you decide to do the full remote learning, what are they doing the first couple of weeks? Because they're not in the school learning, you know, by the rope and learning all of, you know, the new norm, as they're calling it. What are they doing for the first two or three weeks? Is it still extended summer vacation? Because they're not doing that. Um, so it is interesting. I feel for a lot of teachers. I feel for a lot of parents. I know this is a, a discussion and decision time for parents that is not easy. Right. Uh, you know, if anyone has any other good information they'd like to share under, our, uh, under this live to help parents or if parents have got questions, even grandparents, because a, a grandparents have an intricate part of their, their grandchildren's lives emotionally, but there's also a lot of grandparents that fulfill that helping need of taking care of that child while the parents at work, they need to be in the know. Right. I exactly. mean, and that's, you know, from my perspective, there are times that, you know, I will have my grandchildren here. And if it's during the school year process and the remote learning, I've also got to be kind of on board and knowing what's going on. I want to make sure that I'm doing things you know, that that's was truly in the realm of what they were doing. So that means that I've got to do some investigating and, and be a part of the process of knowing what to do. So I think there, there are so many pieces to it. Um, our hearts, our hearts go out to all these families that are making these decisions. Don't make them, you know, without doing your due justice, talk to your child would be the number one recommendation, I would say, on a level that that child can can comprehend, number one. Number two, make it a family event. You know, get pros and cons. Talk to your mother's groups, dad's groups, coaches, anyone that you feel might have some insight. And don't be, don't be afraid to you know, challenge your school district to, you know what, we, we, want, we want some sort of information. We want to know what the guidelines, what are the deadlines, what are we going to know? And ask those hard questions. You know, what are you going to do if this happens? If in fact, you know, I, I, for me, the number one question would be, what is the plan of action from a, a school district's point of view if they find out someone in fact has the China virus that is in school at the moment? What is the, what is the school procedure? Because if they, they've, we, we know from past history, even last year, where schools have closed down because of the flu, um, you know, they had to clean out the school and whatnot. We know that they abruptly stopped in March because of the China virus. But now when you're, you know, starting this, this, this next school season, what is, what is the protocol? Right, right. So this has been a great, whoops, um, lost my balance there for a second. Oh. Um, a great podcast on so many different aspects of going back to school. And like Carol so said, if you have any additional references, you want to post it, please feel free to do that. If you have any questions or concerns, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. <laughs> this has been a great time this morning. 
and we always love sharing obviously what we're passionate about trending thursday so many different subjects to cover there's a lot more to come and we always wish you the best please come back and visit us often thank you so much my name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva, reporting to you live from the Circle in North Haven, along with Carol Sue, aka Nani Boss, live from Reams on the Rocks, Vero Beach, Florida. Be kind to yourself, number one. You are going through unprecedented, uncharted waters right now. Don't forget your health and your wellness. If you feel like you're in deep and you're choking in all this decision making, Take time for yourself. Clear your head, and we're here to help. Have a great day, everyone. Bye, everyone.